0: We are extremely blessed in this church with the leaders we got, the talent that we have um, just sitting in these seats, and, and we love to just say, hey, here to the world, you know. That was, uh, that was Mike Baumgartner. Next week, you're going to hear from Michelle Snediger. Michelle's back there, right? Raise your hand, Michelle. You're back there. We've got all kinds of great things happening in this church, and I'm so glad that you're a part of it. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Amen. Thank you for choosing Gracetown. I mean, you you have picked the greatest church in Central Ohio. Right? We are continuing our series, All I Want for Christmas. How many have made your Christmas list out? If if you want to know what I want, I can text you my list. I've already been out and about and I've been snapping pictures of what I'm, because they, you know, people ask or, Trisha's asked or the kids have asked dad what do you want? So if I'm out and about or I see something I take a picture of it and uh, of course I haven't found anybody to get me the 5 Series BMW just yet So we're still working on that one, right? So good to see everybody So we're talking about all I want for Christmas and last week we talked about That we want an amazing life. We want an extraordinary life. We want a remarkable life. We want a life that George Bailey figures out at the end of the movie that it really is a wonderful life. But today, we're gonna talk about something that not a lot of people have. And I'm even talking about Christians. I'm talking about Christians who have been saved, who come to church, and they still don't have this gift. As Bono and you 2 used to saying, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And people are looking for a thing called peace. They really are. I meet with people all the time. I meet with people outside this church who don't even go to this church. Um, Successful people who have called upon me for counsel and just, I had somebody say the other day, "Can can can we meet, I am in utter depression. I'm lonely and he's a very, very, very successful person in the city. Um, and I met with him. He said, because he looked at me and he said, every week that I see you at a, a luncheon that I attend, um, he says, you have something that I want. And I said, well, what are, you, what are you talking about? He said, you have a joy and you have a peace about you. He said, and, I, and everybody doesn't have that. So I was able to sit down with him yesterday and just share the gospel of where that peace comes from. And, and so everybody's looking for this peace. And, and, and for most of us, it, it, we're familiar with tension. Most of us are familiar with strife and stress and anxiety rather than this wonderful gift that Christ came to give us called peace. A lack of peace is usually the result of our complex, accelerated, and stressed-out world. That's our world. It's stressed out. It's moving so quick. It's moving so fast. It's so complex. We even use the statement, time is passing by like that. Before you know it, the kids are grown and they're out of the house. They're married. They're having kids. And you're entering into the September, as Frank Sinatra used to sing, the September of your years. Time moving that quick. Most of us have this issue we say I'm ready to throw in the towel or we'll say I'm at the end of my (laughs) rope. You know what Louis Lamar said, the the great author, Western author, said when you're at the end of your rope, said tie a knot and hang on. I'm just a bundle of Nerves. nerves. I'm at my wits. I feel like I am resigning from the human race. I am in. Anybody ever been in over there? Head? Yeah. Peace in today's society is a, is, is a commodity that I believe much is in, desired and rarely ever found. But here's what you gotta understand about peace. Peace does not mean that you're gonna be a place in your life where there's never no tension, never no noise, never no trouble. So if you think if for you to truly have peace in your life, you're never going to have tension, strife, or trouble, or noise, I'm sorry. You're going to have that in this life. Why? Because this is the world. This is the world you live in. This is life. This is society. People are going to make you mad. People are going to do stupid stuff. They're going to say stupid things. Not everything's going to go your way. It's life. But here's what I do know. It means to be in a place, to be in the midst of all that stuff and still have calmness in your heart. There can be turmoil and war all around you, but it doesn't have to be in you. And, the, and listen, the gift that Christ wants to give us this Christmas season is a gift that he wants to give us every day in every season, and that is peace. That no matter what goes on around you, it doesn't have to get in you. Too many of us allow what goes on around us in this world to get in us. Think about it for a second. Let me just, let me, let me, let me just say something that probably will upset somebody here today, but you're quick to forgive me anyway. Getting upset about news in today's world outcome of politicians and and outcomes of of what is going on in another country or whatever is taking place in the stock market or whatever, we get blown out, bent out of shape. We We let that completely control our lives. There's people that watch news day in and day out, and their mood is based upon what the news gives. Can I tell you, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, none of it's good. It's not going to encourage you. It's not going to edify you. It's not going to build you up. It's going to stress you out, make you worry, make you go, oh, my God, the world's falling apart. Right? Listen, this world's been around for an awfully long time. It's going to go on after the news is over with tomorrow. So, don't let everything that's in the world going on around you get in you. I'm gonna read two passages of Scripture one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament. The one from the Old Testament is found in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, a very familiar passage of Scripture. It's Isaiah prophesying the birth of Christ. So anybody ever wonders, is it possible for Mary, who was a virgin, who never had sex with Joseph, to be conceived by the Holy Spirit and give birth to the Son of God, God manifested in the flesh? Is it possible? Yes, it was prophesied. And then it was experienced and seen. Hundreds of thousands of people witnessed it. So Isaiah's prophesying this, but in verses 1, we don't have it up there, but let me just give you the, the premise of this passage, of this prophecy, of this prediction given by Isaiah. Isaiah was describing at this time, it was one of the worst times in Israel's history. It was dark. It was oppressive. There was war and there was death. And actually there was civil war going on. There was war between Israel and Judah. The Israelites versus the Judeans. And the kingdom of Israel was divided. It was a tough time. It was a bad time. I mean, it was a horrible time. I know it. Yes, it was. Lewis CS Lewis starts out The Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe at a time during World War II when London was being bombed. London was being attacked by the Nazis. And in the story the four kids they go and they are taken to their uncle's house out in the country. And there playing hide and seek one day they uh, Lucy finds a, a wardrobe and she opens up the wardrobe to hide in the wardrobe and she all automatically kept on going back, going back, going back, going back and finds herself in a place called, magical land called Narnia. If you've never read the books or seen the movies, you have to. They're probably some of the greatest allegories of the gospel and the kingdom of God that's ever been written in mankind's time, really. But it was a time of darkness and war and all of a sudden she came, a, came out into Narnia into this lamppost. And it was spring and daylight during the time of hide-and-seek, but when she went into Narnia, it was dark and cold and wintry because in Narnia, it's always winter and never Christmas. And then all of a sudden, she comes to this lamppost, the light, and that light never went out. C.S. Lewis said it was always there. It never went out. And so Isaiah's going to talk about a light because he says, arise, shine, for the light has come. There's a light that shines in darkness. And then here's how he describes it. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government of peace, there will be no end. And of the throne of David over his kingdom to establish it upon it with justice and with righteousness from his time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord's host will do this. He would be the prince of peace. He's prophesying and predicting about the coming and birth of Jesus Christ. And in the time of Jesus's birth, I'm about to read to you, it was even worse. The word peace is... Defined as simply this freedom from disturbance, quiet, tranquility, freedom from war, violence. It's actually also the Hebrew word shalom. If you've ever been a, around any of the Jewish brothers and sisters in the New Albany area, there's a greeting that Jewish brothers and sisters do and they say shalom, which means peace be unto you. If you've ever been to a Catholic service, they always have you greet one another and say peace be unto you and your responses and unto you also. Maybe we should start adopting some of these fine biblical traditions. Instead of talking about one another, how about we start speaking peace and prosperity to one another? Somebody say amen. amen. All right, and so the, if it's, it means, and that means fullness. It means having everything you need to be whole, happy, prosperous, to have harmony, to have peace, and to have completeness. And then we go to Luke chapter two, verse six. And this was a violent time, Matter of fact, all the firstborn had just been murdered. Herod found out that there was gonna be a king born, Jesus. He didn't know who, when, or what, or where, but he had heard about it, so he, he sent a decree and had every firstborn child murdered. Not a good time, isn't it? Not a good time at all. Violent opposition. Romans were just just ransacking Jerusalem and Israel and their occupation was just dominating the world with violence and hatred. And all of a sudden, here's what it says. Luke says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. For, you, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those whom He is pleased. Peace among those whom He's pleased. You can't just automatically get peace. But there is a price that comes with that. It's a commitment to the person of Jesus Christ. That when you commit your life to Christ, he has given you something that the world can't give you and the world can't take it away. And it's a gift called peace. Is there ever going to be peace on earth? Well, there already is but it's only found in Christ. It's not found because Miss America says, I wish to have peace on earth. There's always some kind of darkness and danger of some kind overshadowing our world. Warfare, cancer. Just last Monday, before I even heard any of the news, I got texts from all over the country. Is your son Christian all right? Why wouldn't he be? He's been at work since 7 o'clock this morning. No, there's an active shooter on Ohio State's campus. What? Huh? Well, the reason why I didn't know is because I don't turn on the stupid TV in the morning. I refuse. I'm going on over a year of doing that. You can do what you want. I don't care. But I didn't know. And all of a sudden, after I got time with my time, I, I went to Twitter. That's what I do. And all of a sudden, the Twitter feed was blowing up. And then they pretty much figured out it was an act of terror in our own city. And people were so overwhelmed and surprised. Why would you be surprised? There's no difference between our city and New York City. In some other city in the world, we are all prone to this warfare, this terror, this violence, this cancer, poverty, broken relationships, murders, cruelty, suffering. It is our world. But just because that's going on in the world doesn't mean it has to go on in us. Frederick Buechner said this, peace is not the absence of struggle, but it's the presence of love. Love is one of the most powerful forces in the world. I can tell you that night when Jesus was born, it was a not-so-silent night. On on December 17th will be our Christmas service, and we'll probably sing Silent Night or Oh Holy Night, and I want to hear, I want to hear that violin play, that haunting violin, Gina, that you so amazingly play. But really, it wasn't so silent. There was no peace in Israel at that time. It was was bad. There was gloom. There was anguish. There was just crazy stuff going on. And here's the interesting thing. The word of God had not been preached or declared for 400 years. There had been silence. The last book of the Old Testament was Malachi. The first book of the New Testament was Matthew. And in between Malachi and Matthew was 400 years. Was God gone? No, he just was not, he was silent. The people were oppressed under Roman rule. The nation of Israel was being divided and fractured. There was Pharisees, Sadducees, the Essenes, the Zealots, all kinds. There was Baptists, Pentecostals, Catholics, Episcopalians, Lutherans, right? There was an imposition called the census at the time. So Joseph and Mary made their way to Nazareth. Actually, a hundred miles north of Bethlehem. And there was no way of going around this. Joseph and Mary, they weren't the wealthiest of people either. They had no bargaining power. They couldn't even get into a hotel. They had to stay in a, in a barn where the animals did horrible things there. And the smell probably wasn't the greatest. Herod was attempting to kill all the firstborn it was pretty bad but here's what I want to tell you here's what John 16:33 said Jesus eventually said this years later he said i've told you these things that so that in me you may have peace but in this world you're going to have trouble mark it down you're going to have trouble he said but take heart i have overcome the world Uh, The Amplified Version says it like this I have deprived it of of its power to harm you. So, no matter what's going on around you, it doesn't have to harm you if you have peace. If you have peace. And that's the goal, that's the gift, that's what we want today. I want peace. I want peace. I want to be able to lay down my head at night and go to sleep without the world on my shoulders or without something plaguing my mind. Can I tell you I haven't always have, had peace? There's times I wake up with so much on my mind, it's three o'clock in the morning, and I, I got it, I can't stop thinking about it, I'm overwhelmed, I can't go back to sleep, because once I'm up, I'm up. I know that. But there's a thing that we need to know that we can have. You know, if you search the internet for peace of mind, you're gonna find this. If you Google it, you'll find home security systems. You'll find hypnosis. You'll find funeral services. Um, you'll find perfume. And then the one that I think is the greatest is you'll find plumbing supplies to ensure your toilet. <laughs> I guess that would bring peace. Because, <laughs> yeah, you would panic, wouldn't you, huh? What happened? Why don't we have peace sometimes? Because number one, there's unavoidable circumstances. Much of life is beyond our control. You ever been on an airplane with a crying child? Right? Um, You ever been stuck in traffic, screaming and cussing at the other cars? It's getting conviction in the house right now, right? Got goals and things not happen fast enough want a husband, want a wife, want a baby. When things are out of our control, we get frustrated. We get very frustrated when we can't control things and control people and control circumstances. we get very, very anxious, and we actually lose our peace of mind. Jeremiah 4:20 said it like this: "Disaster follows disaster. The whole land lies in ruins. In an instant, my tents are destroyed, my shelter." in a moment. Can I tell you this when there is unavoidable circumstances sometimes the pain and the problems in our life is nobody's fault. It's not even your fault. It's not even your spouse's fault. It just things happen. It just happens. Number 2 unbearable people. Sometimes there are people that are unbearable in your life and you want to choke them or slap them or run from them. Have you ever, ever thought life would be great if it weren't for all these people? Don't raise your hand all at once. You made great plans, and people don't cooperate. You declare your expectations, what your desire is, what you'd like them to do, and they don't do it. Got a little simple thing at my house. When you're done with your dishes, rinse it off in the sink and put it in the freaking dishwasher. Why is that so difficult? And I refuse to do everything. One of the things that we lack in today's parenting skills is giving our children responsibility and making them required to do things and take responsibility. Our job as parents, listen mom and dad, is to train and raise up our kids to invade society and to be good stewards and good citizens and good husbands and wives and parents in the future and they learn that by what we teach them today. Right? Hello. All right. You're still with me, right? Psalms 109.3, with words of hatred, they surround me, they attack me without cause. There are, never forget, never forget three types of people in your life. Those who helped you in your difficult time. Those who left you in your difficult time. And those who put you in your difficult time. And I have not forgot any of them. People. Sometimes there's unbearable people. Number three, sometimes there's unexplainable problems. That's the whole unexplainable part of life that we can't put in words. Things don't turn out right and we don't understand why. We prayed, we confessed the word, we read the Bible, we gave, and it still doesn't turn out right. Jesus on the cross said, my God, in Matthew 27, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus did everything of the will of the Father, and yet he still had to go to the cross. There are three reasons for life's problems, remember this. Three, one, sin. Well, we live in an imperfect world and it's around, and John said if you say you don't sin, well, you're a liar, because you do. The second one is Satan. He's a common enemy. Some parts of religion will have you believe that he doesn't exist, but he does because the Bible says he does and he's a common enemy. And then number three, which we never want to talk about and never want to admit, is self. We say stupid things. We do stupid things. Sometimes we, it's our fault. We make the mistakes. But here's what I want you to know about those mistakes and those problems. They are, they are God-given opportunities if we look at them differently for us to grow. Challenges can drive you into a deeper understanding and maturity in your life. Problems actually come from the Greek word. Let's get all greeky on us today. Yo, okay, means to throw or to drive forward. That's pretty interesting that problems are never meant to destroy me. Problems are always meant to push me forward, to drive me forward, to succeed, not to fail. I love what Robert Schuller used to say. He said, Impossibilities vanish when a man and his God confront a mountain. Isn't that good? When a man, you can't do it by yourself. You cannot do life without God. This is a partnership. Sometimes unexplainable problems take our peace. And then number four, uncontrollable worry. Oh, some of us are worriers. Worry words. Jeremiah 20, or 6, 24 says, We have heard reports about them, and our hands hang limp. Anguish has gripped us, pain like that of a woman in labor. Can I tell you, God doesn't want you to worry about anything. Oh, there's plenty, plenty of scriptures But the truth is, we're talking about Christmas today too. Christmas season is anything but peaceful at times for people. There's more suicides, more depression during this time and more grieving during this time of year than any time. Many of us, we love this time of year, but it produces a lot of worry. It produces a lot of stress. It produces a lot of anxiety and it produces a lot of depression. I have always found out that men and women worry about different things at Christmas time. Did you know that? Men and women worry about different things at Christmas. Women worry about did I uh, buy enough? Um, do we have enough? Have I done enough? Um, are the kids going to be happy with what we got them? Did I forget anybody? That's what women usually worry about at Christmas time. But You know what the men worry about at Christmas time? We worry about different things. We worry about, really, two things. How in the world am I going to pay for all this? Number two, and how long are the relatives going to be in town? <laughs> right? <laughs> Worrying, listen, never solves tomorrow's problems. Worry only robs you of today's peace. I know there's a lot of stuff people are worried about. Some real, legitimate, pretty, serious things. Health issues, financial issues, families that are in crisis. Oh, there's some serious stuff. Are my kids gonna be All right, am I going to have a job next year? After I learned about what happened last Monday and realized that my son Christian said, Dad, that is right next door. I'm right next door to that hall on Tuesday mornings for my class. I wondered. I worried at times. We worry about we're gonna have a job next year. Is our business going to succeed? What's the doctor going to say? But here's what God says, 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety, cast all your worry on him because he cares for you. You know what? Give it to God. Let him worry about your finances. Let him worry about your family. Let him you do what you're supposed to do. Give it to him. Cast all your care. You know why I knew my son was gonna be okay and was okay, even if he was there, he'd been okay? Because every night we pray protection. We command the angels of the living God to to surround them and protect them and keep them safe. I'm gonna gonna show you an old, old statement. My grandmother used to pray over us. She said, I used to, she goes, I plead the blood. That's an old statement. I plead the blood. The blood of Jesus, when it was poured out for us, not only was it for our salvation and healing, but also for our protection. And and the old writer of the song says, I see a crimson stream of blood that flows from Calvary. Its waves which reach the throne are washing over me. And that's a protection. And so we pray protection over our families. I don't worry about it because God's got my kids covered. God's got your families covered. Have faith in that. Focus on God, not the problem. You can't fix your problems by worrying about them. You get that, right? Some of you are so good at worrying about it, but you know what? Your problem never ever gets fixed. It actually gets work. The question is now, do you have peace of mind? How do you really find peace of mind? Because that's what we all need. John 14, 27 I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't fragile like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or don't be afraid. Jesus came to give you a peace. My friend Jaron Davis, who wrote the Grammy award-winning song, Holy Ground, years and years ago. I was talking to Jaron a few weeks ago. His father passed away and and um, Jaron wrote a song years ago, probably about 25, 30 years ago, called Peace Speaker. And the words of the song says, I know the Peace Speaker. I know him by name. I'm glad I know the Peace Speaker. He controls the winds and the waves. When he says, Peace be still, they have to obey. Did you ever have some turmoil in your life? I've come to tell you today, you know the Peace Speaker. His name is Jesus. And in the midst of a crazy, chaotic circumstance or situation that you may be dealing with in your life, listen, you don't have to... You don't have to curse that name. You can call on that name. His name is Jesus. And it's the name that's above every other name that at the name of Jesus, every knee's gonna bow. Every cancer will bow. Every tumor will bow. Every sickness, every disease, every marital problem, every stress, every mental problem will bow to the name that's above every name. Jesus Think about it for a second. He's the peace speaker. He's the one that you can wake up because you think he's not not awake. And in the midst of your storm, you could say, Jesus, and he wakes up and says, peace, be still. Just like that. What do I got to do to have peace? You got to run or you got to receive God's grace. You're meant to live in harmony with God, not stress with God. Receive God's grace. Romans 5, 1, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Psychologists say, will tell you that the main source of stress is guilt. There's nothing more peaceful than a clean mind. Clean state. Jesus said, you're justified. You messed up, we sinned? Yep, we do. You know what? Trust in his power to forgive you and it's as just as though you never did it. As far as the east is from the west, he removes our sins and transgressions. Love the scene from the the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? (laughs) Where he gets... Baptized, and he said he gets back. He runs in there. I think it was Delmar. Runs in there, gets baptized, comes up out of the water. He said, Come on in, boys. The water's good. The preacher done washed away my sins and transgressions. And they said, well, What about when you knocked off that Piggly Wiggly? Well, he's forgiven that too. Well, you said you didn't knock off. Well, I lied, and he's forgiven me of that too. Right? Micah seven eighteen. who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgressions of the remnant of his inheritance. You do not stay angry forever, but you delight and show mercy. That's what God done. Once you receive God's forgiveness, God's grace today, he's eager. It's the best part of his day to forgive you and to justify you and give you total cleanness. Number two, run to God's presence. There's something powerful about the presence of God. Something happens when we are singing together and we're lifting up our hands and we're singing our voice and you'll look around and there'll be some people with tears coming down their face and they're like, I don't know why I'm crying, but it's what you feel. It's the presence of Jesus. It's his presence. His presence is real. He's not just stuck up in heaven and that's where everything's at. He's here. He's here. His presence is here. And this is a hard one to explain. You can't explain the presence of God. You can only experience the presence of God. You can only experience it. Isaiah 26:3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Peace will ultimately is a mindset, my friend. I meditate. I do moments of silence in the morning, meditation, but you will not get peace through secular meditation. You will get it through focusing on Jesus, focusing on what God says, focusing and praying. I love what Psalms 46, 1 and verse 10 says, God is our refuge and strength, ever present help in trouble. And he says, be still and know that I am God. The backstory to that, there was 180,000 enemy troops were about to attack Israel and Israel was freaking out. They're like, oh, we're done. It's going to destroy us. And God says to them, chill out. Chill out. His presence showed up. He said, sit still. Don't you try to do anything anymore. Just let me take care of it. He basically aggravates worry. How about you wake up tomorrow morning and say, God, I want you to aggravate all the worry. Go on and aggravate all the anxiety that may come my way today. Go on and aggravate all the tension and the trouble. Turn on that thing, why don't you? Come on, somebody. Tell God, God, you just aggravate tension all out today. God, pour out all hell on trouble today, right? I dare you. And then number three, you obey God's principles. Scripture says in Psalms 119, great peace of they that love thy law, and nothing will make them stumble. If we're honest, most of us, stress comes from eh, pretty much ignoring what God says, if you think about it. What haven't you done lately? What are you supposed to do? Peace really will come through you through, but the Bible says, obeying God's word. And number four, and my last point is simply this, relying on God's provision. Oh, it's Trusting. Oh, you can't have peace apart from faith. You can't have peace apart from trusting in God. Philippians chapter four, verses six to seven in the Living Bible says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray. Look at your neighbor and say, instead of worrying about whatever you're worrying about, would you just stop it and pray? Tell him. Goes on to say, Tell God your needs, and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. You and I have got to take, trust God to take care of things beyond our control. Can I encourage you? Quit dwelling on the what-ifs of life. Some of us, oh man, we're critical thinkers, We think ahead and that's good those are those are good things but so many of us always dwell on the but what if oh i would love to do that but what if oh i would love to go there but what if i would love to try that but what if everything is what if you know what we're supposed to do live one day at a time live today. Matthew 6, 34 said it like this. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of ourselves. He said another passage in Matthew chapter 6, give us, remember in the Lord's prayer, it's a prayer I pray every day. I I, I I recite the Lord's prayer every day. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. God's going to take care of you today. What are you so stressed out about tomorrow for? What are you so freaked out about tomorrow? He's already there. He is already there. When Daniel goes back and visits his family in Australia, he can call you and tell you, hey, tomorrow's going to be great. (laughs) Why? Because he's already there. And that's like God. God's already in your tomorrow. And he'll take care of it. Today is actually the second Sunday of Advent. Celebration. On the liturgical calendar. I have been doing now for the last three years. An Advent devotional. To where it started last Sunday. And I have about three devotionals that are just totally focused on Advent. And today's actually the second Sunday of Advent. If you know the liturgical tradition, you light a candle. The first candle is a purple candle. And it's a candle that represents hope, that Jesus is your hope. And on the second Sunday of Advent is the candle, which is another purple candle, it's the candle of peace. It's where we celebrate peace. Can I, I want you to do this right now. We're about ready to pray. I want you to identify areas in your life which you have turmoil in. What is going on in your life that there's turmoil? Maybe it's in your mind. Maybe it's in your heart. Maybe it's in your spirit. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's on your job. Maybe it's in your finances. Where is there turmoil rather than peace? Peace. And because the goal of today is simply this, you have got to have peace in every aspect of your life. And God wants to give you that peace. I admonish you today. I admonish you to trust in God's provision. Trust that he'll take care of you. Proverbs chapter three, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, your mind, your will and even your emotions relax calm down okay trust in him lean not on your own understanding and all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths can i tell you that today we're going to pray when you put your care into god's hands You put your marriage in God's hands. You put your finances in God's hands. You put your company in God's hands. You put your job. You put your finances. You put your children. We got to put this church in God's hands. You put it all in his hands. When you put all of your cares into God's hands, here's what he'll do. And I promise you, he will put his peace in your heart. He'll put his peace in your mind. Some of you are stressed about so many things. What was it Mark Twain said? 100% of the stuff we worry about never even happens. Really? I believe he'll give you peace today. I present to you Jesus, the peace speaker, who will give you peace in the midst of any storm in your life any trouble in your life, any turmoil in your life, anything that feels like it's falling apart, he'll put his peace in your heart. My friend, April Simons, April Osteen Simons, Joel's sister, his sister's a good friend of mine. She made a statement the other day on social media and I I texted her about it because I thought it was powerful. April said, don't fall to pieces, comma, Follow peace. Don't fall to pieces. Follow peace. You don't have to fall apart today. You can fall together. You can follow peace and have peace in your heart. You want peace today? You want that kind of peace that I'm talking about that I pursue every day of my life? You can have that today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I think it's necessary for all of us to say, you know what? Yes, God, me. Matter of fact, as a declaration of faith that we want that peace, let's all of us just raise our hand together right now. All of us in this house. So Father, I just speak peace right now on every person. <laughs> You're the peace speaker. And this Christmas, God, I need your peace. I'm stressed about things, God, I admit it. I've told you that, I worry about certain things, God, that's going on, that's happening around me and in me, God. But I confess right now, I receive the gift of peace this Christmas and I cannot have peace apart from you. I can't have peace apart from faith in you. So I declare my faith in you, Jesus Christ, my Lord, my Savior, my God. And I unwrap and I open the gift of peace And I accept this gift of peace that you give that the world can't give me and the world can't even take it away. So no matter what goes on around me, I'm not gonna let the storms get in me, God. I receive the peace of God today. God, every one of us here today receive peace. Peace in our life. Peace in our marriages. Peace in our families. Peace. We drive out worry, we drive out anxiety, we drive out turmoil, we drive out trouble. It's not gonna take room in my heart. It's not gonna take room in my mind, God. I receive peace in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, do you receive it today? Come on, I believe that with all my heart. Come on, let's stand up together. I believe that God... Is giving you that peace today. I really do, don't you? And listen, that prayer was sincere. Walk out of here today with the peace of God in your heart, in your life, in your mind. Amen. Rusty's gonna come today and he's gonna talk to you for a few minutes and, and dismiss you, but you guys have an incredible week. Peace to the people. God bless you.